the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. behaviors and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Praise God. He is such a good and loving and wonderful God. I tell you what, though, I hope you're staying cool out there. I hope you're driving in an air-conditioned car. I don't know how I did it, but for when I was in uh, college, I had a car that didn't have air-conditioned living here in Texas, and uh, but somehow or another, I'm just not that tough anymore in my older age. But anyway, God is good. Let's let's pray. Father God, we come to you today with uh, gratitude on our hearts. You're such a good and loving God, a forgiving God, a merciful God, a God that's full of grace. That's what we're going to talk about today, Father. And I hope the words are spoken are yours and not mine, and that they go out there and they reach open hearts and open minds, and, and somehow they help somebody today, because all our help comes from you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, I want to start out with a statement. We are going to talk about grace today because everyone needs grace because everyone makes mistakes and uh, people that are in bondage to addiction or in bondage to anything for that matter. um, Sometimes we get down and we think, well, I've made too many mistakes. I've made uh, God can't use me. God won't forgive me. God, God's not paying any attention to me anymore. I've just messed it all up. And, and those are lies from the enemy. Those are not true. Grace, wherever you're at tonight, is looking for you. I can promise you that. I can, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ demonstrates that good triumphs over evil, love overcomes fear, and hope overcomes despair. This is a gospel of peace and love and hope. And God knows that everybody makes mistakes. Everybody we can't live up to his standard. He's holy. God is love. God is perfect. Not one of us even comes remotely close to meeting those standards. But no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, I'm telling you, grace is looking for you. I've lived that in my life. I made so many mistakes. I lived an ungodly life for so long, but God never gives up on us. He just keeps chasing us. And no matter where you are right now, he's not giving up on you. I promise you. We're going to go through some biblical examples of people that made terrible, terrible mistakes, and God used them in mighty, mighty ways. So no matter where you're at, grace is looking for you. Grace is coming for you. God doesn't care about the mistakes you've made. He cares about your future. 
He's not looking at your past. He's looking at your future. And I'm telling you, he's madly in love with you. That's why, that's why he gives us this grace. It's not important to God where you've been, but where you're going. God can work through us despite our mistakes. God knows that I'm weak, but he works in me anyway, and he wants to work in you. Or, you know, you may be saying, well, I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. And that's wonderful. But you know people in your life who don't. You know people that you love, that you work with, maybe your kids, maybe your parents, maybe your cousins. I don't know. We all know people who are under in bondage and, and who need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, in fact, God works best through my weaknesses if I humble myself and admit them to him instead of trying to cover them up. You know, it's so funny because um, Jesus should be our best friend. He knows everything we're doing anyway. And we, we, you know, we try to compartmentalize parts of our life and say, I'm not going to give that to God, or maybe we do it subconsciously, but we do, and we have these little parts, and maybe we give the rest of our life. Surrender completely. Give everything to him. When you do make mistakes, run to him. Be the first. That's the first person you should run to. Because, you know, we, we call, the Bible calls God Abba Father for a reason. Daddy, Daddy. God loves to be our father. He loves to help us. God is so good. He gave us his word with examples of real people who made serious mistakes. But you know what? They learned from their mistakes, and God used them in mighty ways. Abraham made mistakes. You know, we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham made mistakes. Speaking of Jacob, he began as a selfish deceiver. But he went on to trust the Lord after wrestling with God, with the Lord, with, with, without having to manipulate people or things. You know, some, some of us believe that, and certainly those of us in addiction, that we have to control things in people. We we have to tell we 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 tell them what we think they want to hear from us. We try to manipulate them, and sometimes we lie and steal and do all these kinds of things if we're in addiction. But you know what you need to do? You need to surrender all that to Jesus. God's plan is better than your plan. I promise you, it's always better than your plan. Moses he tried to achieve justice by killing. He saw an injustice clearly, but he tried to solve it himself by killing an, an Egyptian. God's word says, vengeance is mine. You know, we're to pray for those who persecute us. We're to turn the other cheek. But Moses learned, and he went on to lead God's people. God called him to lead his people out of Egypt. And he led them to freedom with peace and patience. You know, we what uh, revenge holds of so many of us in bondage, you know, resentment. We can't get over something that somebody didn't. Sometimes there were people that were close to us that we really love, and they hurt us so bad. But you know what? That just keeps us in bondage. God's word says we're not to forgive seven times, but seven times 70. Isn't that amazing? Because, But just think how many times God has forgiven you, and he will keep doing it. He'll never give up on you. David, a man after God's own heart, he slept with Bathsheba and then sent her husband to the front lines to be killed. Yet King David is one of the most highly revered and important characters in the Bible, recognized as one of the greatest kings of Israel. He killed a, a lion, a bear, and a giant. And God used him to lead his people through a difficult time. But, but you know what David did? He recognized his mistakes. He got on his knees. He asked for God's forgiveness, and he repented. And God forgave him, just like he'll forgive you if you do the same thing. John, the apostle John, he argued with the other disciples about which one of them would be the greatest, pride. But later he went on to see with in Revelation God's full kingdom and realized that it didn't matter where he was in that kingdom because it wasn't about him, it's about God. Do you worry about your status, your wealth, what other people think about you, your achievements? 
or your beauty. Life is so much simpler when you look towards Christ rather than looking in the mirror. And Jesus forgave John. In fact, he gave, he sold John on the cross. He gave him Mary to take care of. This is your, your mother. This is your son. And John finally got the message. You know, I love a story about John. He, he went off and, and became the bishop in over many churches in Asia. And when he was elderly, after he'd been returned from the island of Patmos, uh, from exile, he would come to church and, and they would say, oh, my gosh, it's the disciple John. It's the apostle John. Can you come up and tell us a few words? And he was old. He was at the end of his life. But he knew the key to the gospel. And he'd stand up and he did this over and over again. I'm, uh, church tradition tells us. And he would say three simple words, love one another, love one another. That's what's important. And Peter, Peter, after watching Jesus for, for three, three and a half years, perform all these miracles and walk with him and his teachings about loving one another and forgiving. And, and, but Peter turned his back, even though it was predicted, Jesus told him, you'll turn your, your back on me three times. And Peter did it despite all that. But God forgave Peter and Peter reaffirmed his faith and he became, became a, a, a titan in the, in the new church and spreading the gospel of love and peace and hope across the the known world then. And then we have Paul. This is the last example I'm going to give, but Paul in his zest for his heritage caused, he was participating in killing Christians. In fact, he was on the road to Damascus with letters to the high priest where he was going to take them back and imprison them and or kill them or torture them when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And after seeing Jesus and understanding his mistakes, he repented and he turned that zeal into a love for Christ and a life full of evangelism. I mean, he wrote half of the New Testament. He, he brought the message of hope and peace and love to the Gentiles, to us. What a wonderful story. So, you know, the mistakes that you've made in your life or that your friends and loved ones have made, they don't really compare. Well, they may or they may not. But these are horrific murder, persecution, pride. All these adultery, all these things, and God used these people in powerful ways because finally they surrendered to his authority and to his sovereignty and realized who he was and turned their life, put their pride away, humbled themselves and turned their lives to God. And through his grace, he used them in a mighty way. Are you letting your past hold you back? Because I promise you right now, you can be under a bridge and in the bondage of addiction, just pulled a needle out of your arm and God's got a plan for you, but you've got to answer the call. We say in recovery, without God, I can't. And without me, God won't. And that is so true. It's a partnership. God's a gentleman. We've got free will. But Jesus in Revelation 3.20, he's standing outside the door knocking, saying, if you will answer that door, I'll come in and fellowship with you. The Bible tells us that we're new creations in Christ, and you can be one too. And don't give up on anybody that you know out there that that you've struggled with. You've got a son or a daughter who's walked away from the Lord, who's in, in addict, under the bondage of addiction, whatever it may be, living a sinful life. Do not give up on them because God never does. Let's turn to Scripture. God loves us so much. In Romans 5, 8 through 9, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We can only be cleaned by his, the blood of Jesus Christ by accepting him fully as our Lord and Savior. Nothing but the blood of Jesus washes us clean. 
Romans 5, 1 through 2, we're saved by grace through faith. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We are new creations, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I've lived that. I've experienced it. And I made so many mistakes and lived such a different life. And I'm not perfect now. I'm not trying to say I am. I still need grace. Everybody needs grace. I'm reminded of the story of the of in Luke chapter 18 where the, the Pharisee is down there saying, I'm so wonderful. I'm, I tithe. I do this. I follow all these rules. I'm glad I'm not like that guy down there. And the tax collector, the sinner is down there and, and he beats his chest and he says, God, I need you. Have mercy on me. I need you. And Jesus says, that man, the tax collector, went home justified, not the other one. We all need grace. We all make mistakes on a constant basis. But when we have that relationship, we know we can take those mistakes. We're not condemned. We're convicted. We can take those to the cross and to him and ask for his forgiveness and ask for his strength to not make those mistakes again. Because we are no longer condemned. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In fact, Romans 8, verses 14 through 17, talks about how we are, and I'm going to not read read it in interest of time, but it talks about how we are sons and daughters of God. What a wonderful honor. We, we are adopted into his family when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. In fact, in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. You know, that's how we start this program every week out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. There's no better journey. You know, when you make that journey and you're out of the darkness, I was in a Bible study last night and a lady, I said, and we were kind of kidding around and I said, you, you need to come preach on Sunday nights at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Cause she was just talking about how the things of the world just don't bother her that much anymore. You know, she used to be worried about what car she drove and, you know, what was on the news and this and that. And she said that just the jewelry and it just doesn't make that big a difference to her anymore because she knows who she is. She's a child of the most high God, the creator of the universe. And and she's just not worried about that anymore. You know, this 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 place is just our temporary home. And we have a purpose here, and that's to be God's co-workers, Christ's ambassadors on earth, to, to spread the, the news, you know, to preach the gospel to all creation. That's what we're here for. And God's got us in the palm of his hand. Now, God, now, I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to have a good life, enjoy your family, take vacations, get a good job and all that. But what's your priority? What's your number one priority? What's the most important thing in your life? The, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. The abundant light waits for you if you'll accept his hand because everybody, everybody needs grace. You know, if you're listening to this, you're not here listening by accident. Grace came looking for you because God never stops chasing us. You know, we see this wonderful chapter in the Bible, Luke chapter 15, where we see Jesus tells three parables. And they're powerful. If you read them and really understand them, they are so powerful. The parable of the lost sheep where, where God says, when one is lost, I'll leave the 99 and come after you. The parable of the lost coin, the same principle. And then one of my favorite passages in the Bible, the parable of the prodigal son. 
you know, the prod- prodigal means extravagant. I thought it meant lost before I really began to study, but it means extravagant. And and this person did similar to what, the way I lived in my life, went out and, you know, took his inheritance and, and lived wild and partied and did all these things and, and everything and ended up, uh, as addiction does so often, we end up alone, isolated. And, and in this case, he ended up with the pigs and slept with the pigs. And he thought to himself, oh, my gosh, I, I can – I can live better. My my father's servants eat better than I do, and he humbled himself and came to his senses, and he and he went back home, and he and he was had the speech prepared to, to to give to his father, and of course the father in the story is God, and the speech was, you know, I've sinned against you and against heaven, and I'm I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father sees him from the distance, and this is so wonderful. I, I get chills just thinking about it right now. The father sees him in the distance, and you know, so many of our earthly fathers who can disappoint us. And 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 we'll be imperfect. You know, they would sit on that porch and they would say, "Uh huh, told you. Uh huh. Yeah, here you come with your tail between your legs." I mean, I can just hear it. That's not what God did. This father ran to his son and he put the robe on him and he put the ring on him and he put sent give him the shoes and he said, "Kill the fatted calf." My son was lost and now he's been found. And every time a sinner comes to repentance, that's what happens in heaven. All of heaven rejoices, and that rejoicing can be for you, my friend, if you're listening out there in. You're in bondage. I'm going to go to the open door mission immediately from here, and I'm going to minister. And my crew is going to break every chain group is going to minister to to 50 or so guys that are in there. And you can see the hunger in their eyes, and you can see their eyes lighting up as they realize that God has something better for them than addiction and homelessness. And if you've got somebody that needs help out there, I urge you to contact me, Pastor John, J O N, Pastor John at nccgreaterheights.org. Pastor John, J-O-N, at nccgreaterheights.org. By the way, this this program's on a podcast. You can go to KKHT and pick it up if you miss the email address. Send me a message. We'll try to find a faith-based place where God can do wonders. You know, all we do is be obedient and, and, and try to pre, you know do the best we can to preach his message, but he's the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that changes hearts and changes lives. We see, you know, I, 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 there's two passages, Luke 19 and Mark chapter 2, where Jesus goes and, and he, in the first one, Zechariah and, 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 uh, and Levi, who becomes Matthew in Mark chapter 2. And uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, by the way, I'm I'm a lawyer, too, and the scribes are lawyers, so don't hold it against it. I, I ran into somebody the other day, and they said, you're a, wait a minute, you're a lawyer and a pastor? Isn't that a conflict of interest? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> There's a joke about the first lawyer in heaven. But anyway, we're not all bad. So anyway, so uh, although some of us can cause some problems, that's for sure. But the scribes and the Pharisees. They said in Mark chapter two, when he goes to eat with Matthew, he says, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I tell people that that have made mistakes like all of us. There's not anybody out there that's listening to my voice that hasn't made some serious mistakes in their life that we have a special place in the kingdom because Jesus came for us. Luke 19.10, Jesus says, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus, grace is looking for you right now. You know, John chapter 4 is so powerful, too, that, you know, Jesus is is 
going out of his way to go through Samaria and he runs into the woman at the well and and you know he does some unorthodox things because Jewish people didn't get along with Samarians who were half Jewish back then and men didn't talk to women and there were all these social taboos and mores that Jesus broke and he asked the woman for a drink she says why are you talking to me I'm a Samarian and not, I'm a woman and and he says, well, I need a drink of water. Would you get me a drink of water? And, and he tells her, you know, if you would drink the water that I give you, you would never be thirsty. Drink his water. You'll never be thirsty again. I've got problems in my life. I make mistakes. I, not, not Things aren't perfect. I've got to pay bills. But I've got the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm not, you know, the Bible tells us, you're, Paul writes in Romans, you're a slave to whatever you obey. I'm no longer obeying the bondage of addiction. I'm no longer obeying, obeying the siren call of the enemy who gets us where we're weak. Instead, I'm a slave to righteousness. That's my goal anyway. And again, I'm not perfect, but we're called to imitate Christ. And I don't. I know that he's got me. And so just like the lady at the Bible study last night, I'm not so worried about all these things because I know he's going to take care of me. He's always got answers. He's always gives us a way out. You know, in... Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter twelve. Paul asks for he take asks that something be taken away. He's got a weakness. We don't know what that is, and and God says no. He says my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made is so clear in your weakness. That's what we need to do: less of ourselves and more of Him. So Paul asks in Romans five twenty. He says, "But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more." And then in Romans 6, 1, he asks the question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He answers it, certainly not. You know, the thing that's so beautiful about God's plan is, not again, not that you're going to be perfect, but when you begin this faith journey and you really surrender your life to him and you humble yourself like Jesus did when he walked the earth, it gets easier and easier. You're still going to make mistakes, but it gets easier and easier. And you know when you really turn the corner? This is what I love about recovery because it so mirrors the true Christian walk. When we really become strong in our faith and Christians, when we really become strong in our recovery, it's begin when we begin helping other people. That's when God's glory, because then we're reflecting his glory, what he did in our lives through our actions. All glory to God. Nothing does. I'm so grateful for what he's done for me. I am so grateful for his grace. That's why I'm on the radio. People say, well, why, why are you on the radio? You know, a lot of people think recovery should be secret and these secret little meetings. And, you know, uh, you sit around and say, I'm John, I'm an addict. No, I'm John and I'm recovered. I'm delivered by the grace of Jesus Christ. And I want to be on this radio show and shout from the mountains that you don't have to live the way you're living. There is a better way and Jesus has it for you. And all you have to do is accept his hand which has been there the whole time if we're honest with ourselves and we look back that god's been chasing us the whole time you don't have to be a slave to whatever you obey god wants you to be a slave to righteousness ephesians 2 8 says for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of ourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk with them. God's prepared good works for you to walk in. He has. And that faith, it begins to change us as we begin to appreciate his love and grace. And we realize that when we walk with him, yes, our lives are truly 
abundant. And you may ask, well, God doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, I haven't been good. Ask yourself if you're a parent. If you see I have a child and that child is in trouble and I, I look out the window, we're raising our niece right now, and I see Lily's dangling from a tree. Am I going to ask my wife, Rebecca, did Lily do her homework this week? Has she been good? Did she clean her room? No, I'm going to run out there and get save her from the tree. And that's what God wants to do for you. He's not interested in the mistakes you've made in the past. He's interested in where you go from the future. Jesus told the adulterous woman, where have your condemners gone? After he said, let he has not sinned, throw the first stone. And she said, they're gone. She said, I don't condemn you either, but get up and sin no more. God's interested in what you're doing in your life as you go forward. You know, I'd love for you to join us at, at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We worship on Sunday nights, Sunday nights in the Heights. Uh, I preached a similar message about grace this last Sunday. And this coming Sunday, my wonderful assistant pastor, I don't know what he's going to preach yet, what God puts on his heart, Pastor Rick's going to preach. Uh, but we've got a sm- we're a church plant. It's a small congregation, but it's a strong convers- congregation. We all know each other. We all know each other's stories. We've got mature Christians who have never been to the bondage of addiction, but it's also a recovery church. But we're Bible-based and non-denominational, and we preach a message of encouragement and love because that's what the gospel is all about. So if you're out there, We'd love to meet you. 240 West 18th Street. You know, we love you at New Covenant Church and 6 p.m. Greater Heights, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.